sometime the first this year, I guess, testimony of the 90 Day Bible Reading. I'll try to make it a real positive and eat one. So, uh, <laughs> but this year, I'm really because of my schedule, I think I'm doing it, but I've become a lot more of a reader in the past two or three years. So this year, instead of trying to read it all at once, I think the last time I went through it, I tried to do it all in the morning and, and got up early and everything. And this time I'm splitting it up into 15 minute increments throughout the day. So I usually get about four pages in 15 minutes and it has, it has made it so much more. And especially because we're in the old Testament, more of a story. And it's like, it's really is like reading a continuous is continuous story thus far. And it has really uh, made it come alive as far as characters, just watching the characters develop, watching the characters grow and then stupid mistakes and do ridiculous things that just can't even believe. And it's hard to read. And then to watch God restore each and every one of them over and over and over again. So the, the fact that um, reading the Old Testament has always been kind of difficult for me, um, the application part. And I think reading it in such large chunks just makes the application uh, a lot easier than trying to, for me at least, trying to look at specific uh, instances. Just just watching um, God's grace on all of these uh, all these people in Israel, and and they didn't deserve any of it. I mean, it's amazing to to get going in Genesis and then see Abraham just kind of show up, and you realize just some guy in the desert. I mean, it's just some guy. He just God just chose him. Just said, "All right, let's go with this." And you always I always just think of him like just being born with God's name or tattoo on him or something, and that, that's why he gets it. Is it? It's God's grace in him. Um, and then the other thing I'm doing is I've this year I'm taking it to work. I've taken my 90 day Bible to work. Um, reading in, and I've got faces in the day where I can do it. And it has generated a lot of conversation at work, looking at me really funny and just, I mean, what is this? 90 day, they're like, that's not the whole Bible. The whole Bible, whole pages a day, and you kind of give them the speech everything, but uh, it's, I've had people who probably have never read the Bible in their lives actually over and see it on my desk and just up and start reading it, and wow, so it, it re- it's really just been a, a, I'm not even sure, a conversation piece, it's just, I don't know, God's Word just draws people in, they're intrigued, and they ask questions, and so it's really been, really been a go- good opportunity to share share my heart, God's word, and for him at work. So, cool. All right. I had the same experience. I was with uh, Gwen. We were at the doctor's office this week, and I had that. And uh, the receptionist lady said, oh, my goodness, 90 days. And, and uh, we got cut off because someone else came in. But uh, it is a conversation starter. Well, we want to turn this over to... Uh, Pat Dunn, and as we talk about reading God's Word, the main idea is to love our God. And so if you look in your course sheet, you can see what the coming weeks are going to be on our series. And so, Pat, come. It, what, how exciting for Pat. Uh, Pat, I was just thinking through this. This is a God thing. Justin, his son, is going to be leaving tomorrow for the Navy. And isn't that a God thing that, as his dad, you're going to get to teach about loving our God? 
And Justin, what a privilege as you embark on this phase of your life to uh, hear that message. Dad not only teaches it, but he lives it. Isn't that cool? All right, we serve a great God. Amen. All right. Well, y'all know the Super Bowl, right? And uh, there's a story. John Elway died, and uh, he went to heaven. And God was up there. You know this one, Robert. The Steelers are in so often to the Super Bowl that it's, it's just a regular joke. So you know it. True. John Elway died, went up to heaven, and he guys touring him around. You know, and he and he said. John, I have a house for you. Not er- you, you need to feel privileged. Not everyone gets a house. Up. He showed him this house uh, on to the right, a little one-story house. And it had, you know, a faded Broncos, Broncos flag hanging in the doorway and all that. And uh, John said, well, thank you, God. I sure appreciate that. But off to the left, he saw this three-story house with a, a black and gold driveway, a Steelers emblem right in the center. And... Uh, uh, Steelers flag in it and Ben Roethlisberger posters in the windows and all that. John said, God, I sure appreciate the house, but um, you know, I kind of noticed out of my eye that you gave this large house to Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm a Hall of Famer. I won two Super Bowls, but, you know, just like Ben did, why does he get such a big house? I said, oh, that's not Ben's house. That's my house. <laughs> Guys, a Steelers fan. <laughs> all right, the uh, all right. I love our God. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, who's number one in your life? That's that's the uh, question. And really, you can't hardly separate um, what Chris taught last week. See how it separates. God tells us how he wants to be loved. So what you're going to see today is love God the way he wants to be loved. Bottom line is our whole being. And I want to see, you want to see today from what we're going to go through is we want to see or how we should love God. So here's my question. When you love someone, do you love them your way or their way? Never thought of that. Husbands, we love our wives, right? And uh, we think, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to love my wife my way. And kind of early on in our marriage, I asked, Harry, I need to know how to love you. Know what communicates love to you? That I've been crying like. <laughs> Finally, she told me. And then it's like, and, and Terry's told me, and it was pretty simple big, but it was pretty simple. <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it, she wanted me to cherish her. So, and that comes through in a lot of ways. It wasn't buying a gift, going out to dinner or, you know, anything like that. But uh, another thing is you kind of start realizing this when you're an adult. When you're an adult, you say, hmm, I want to buy my parents a birthday. You think, again, Start thinking, do I buy them what they want? Am I going to get them what I want? And it, and it really goes with all kinds of gifts, but it really starts showing up with and <clears throat> or adults. My dad, he's a good example. Um, he really doesn't want me. 
You can buy him what you think is the best gift. He's a need kind of base guy. I don't need that or wouldn't have bought that. Or... So I learned a long time ago as an adult, you know, probably at least, probably around 30 to 35. Don't need to buy my dad gifts. And, uh, <laughs> but I needed to find out what he liked, you know. So I, I started trying to discover what my dad liked. And I, I buy him trinkets. I call him trinkets. I buy him gifts. He, he likes to. And uh, so when I find the right kind of tool, that I know is the the right price. That's important too. And uh, you know, I buy it. And uh, you know, and I and it doesn't have to be at Christmas because I'm not going to find that thing at Christmas. And then I just give it to him throughout the year. And, you know, likes it. And then the other thing is time. Um, and more so, my aunt makes. It. She she lives in San Diego. We're out visiting her, and I. She has two daughters. One lives in Denver. You know, they always want to, they always call me and want to send me something or, or send me flowers or send me a gift. She, I don't want any of that. I just want them to come visit me. So, really, giving people what they want and a lot of times, time. So, anyway, that's okay for people, but how can I love God? And God wants to be loved His way. We're going to look at a lot of passages today, but I want to start off with one that probably not even in your notes. Genesis 4, 1 through 5. And this is Cain and Abel. You can turn there and take a look at it. And I'm going to read it to you. It says, Now Adam knew his wife. He conceived and bore Cain. He said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Cain, pillar of the ground. Two different things. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought Offering of fruit came to pass in the process of time that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry. Now, that seems like Cain got the short end of the stick there, didn't it? You know, Cain, he's a farmer, he brings some grain. Abel, he's a He's a livestock raiser, a rancher, and he brings some cattle. But when you read that carefully, um, there's a couple different things that stand out. First is what God wanted. And God wanted, he wanted the fat, wanted the, the meat as the offering. The other thing, too, that you want to take note of, and this gives a little bit about Cain's heart, is uh, Cain brought an offering of fruit, whereas Abel brought personal. Two different things. Cain just brought, Cain just brought, out of his out of his harvest, and Abel took the first. Two different things. So, what does God want? He wants the first once. So, it's our job to discover it. But good news, not mysterious. No mystery here, God. You don't have to live thirty-five years, Mike. You know, like I did, thinking what. You know, seeing what my dad wanted for gift that God's going to just tell you today. So you're going to get this. God is clear. Um, for those that just like the short answer, and take one thing and be done. Thirty more minutes. Um, how do I love God? The short answer: obey His. You take one thing away today. That's what you want to take away. Obey 
His command. John 14, 15, Jesus is in the upper room with His disciples, and it's the Last Supper, and He says, If you love Me, I command. Pretty simple. He says a lot of other things in there, but He says, If you love Me, keep Me. And that's pretty much what God's going to tell us today. Um, loving God starts with where you're going. And let's turn to our main passage. It'll be Deuteronomy 6. I want to turn there. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Now, the good thing is we're in the Old Testament. What this is, is in Deuteronomy, the uh, Egyptians have been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And they're getting ready to cross over into Jordan. Cross the River Jordan. And the uh, this is Moses. God gave Moses instructions to give to the Israelites. So this is where what Deuteronomy is, his instructions on how to love him. And in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. There's a lot in there. The Lord our God. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You'll teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, rise up. You'll bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, on your gates. All right, so God starts in telling us how to love Him with where we're going. And where you're going, your direction in life, always has to do with your heart. So the first thing to do is love God with all your heart. You see that in verse 4. So love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, kind of backed up a little bit here. Um, this is like, what we're going to get in today is our whole being. Um, we're going to find out a little bit about, we're going to break ourselves apart and look at who we are and what we're made of and then realize there's, we don't have anything but what God's put us together with. Cells in your body, spirit, your heart, your soul, everything. And that's, that's what you are. You have nothing else to give. So love God with all your heart. This is the direction in your life. Um, where did you come from? Where are you going? A lot of times when I think of heart, I think of a compass. So think of your heart and think of that spinning needle on a compass. And think of that, that pointing wherever you're going. And a lot of times it's, you know, going to point north. Well, but we're sitting around and we're, we're, we're spinning and that needle's spinning. That's what our heart's doing. Your heart is where you make your decisions, where you say your thoughts, where you reason, lust, doubt. And what I, when I was studying, what really kind of stuck out to me is where I say my thoughts. So right now, you're probably saying, oh, I'm glad I'm here. You might be saying, I wish I didn't have to be here. That's kind of like your heart talk. Man, I'm tired. Um, missionary again? What you're saying to yourself. Um, yeah, I wrote this down, but we didn't sing, you know, a lot of times I think, well, that song was good, that song was hard to sing, you know, you're just kind of sitting there and you're talking to yourself right now in your heart, um, but God says, I want you to love you, I want you to love me with your whole heart, you think, well, I can't do this, how can I love God with my whole heart, this is where we want to start thinking about God's heart in our heart, and 
Let's pretend that's God's heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength. Then, I do want to flip real quick. Go to Matthew 22. Because I want to show you how important this is. And the Old Testament doesn't go away with the New Testament. In fact, Jesus is talking in Matthew 22. And he's just just been uh, kind of, at this point, been tested. You know, the, the Sadducees have tested him, the uh, Rhodians have tested him, the Pharisees have tested him, and they, they keep ask, testing by asking questions. So in verse chapter 22, verse 34, we're going to start reading. When the Pharisees heard they had, that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus said, You shall love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Like, especially verse 4. Commandment. All the law and prophets. All right. Now we're going to have to do with All right. Pretend. I love the Lord with all your heart. So, those bracket. Those are God's commandments. And says, I want you to. And this is the point. All this, that, this hangs. Loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength hangs all the law. All right, so now we got to have our heart. Let's say, here's about two or three different places. These are the commands. Right? Okay, that, our heart can be here. Our heart can be here. And a little bit later, we'll, we'll have it somewhere else. So, let's just say this is our heart. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. On this, love your neighbor as yourself. And on these commandments hang the whole law and prophets. They're all hanging there. That's where God wants our heart to be directed. Pointed at that point, all hinging. Really, start seeking his heart. And this is how you start seeking his heart. Right through that point. How he wants to be loved. And if we're outside those commandments, maybe we're not seeking his heart. We're out here. Say we're trying to love God our way. On this way, on that way. And this is our heart. Again, remember I said your direction, heart. So, so what I want to start thinking about. Um, how can I love God with all my heart? And King David is a, is a good example of that. And the first thing you do is set God before you. Our heart is that needle and it's spinning, you know, that little... Compass, go a different ways. That set God before you. So set God before you. And that's in Psalm sixteen eight. How can I love God with all my heart? Set Him where He belongs, not where we want Him, not for who we see Him, um, not for even what we make up. Then 
Another thing then is we need to humble ourselves or God will. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, and this whole book of Deuteronomy is, is about how to love God. And when we get to it in our 90-day reading, tell me how to keep His commands and how to love Him. And it's the whole book. 8.2, and you should remember, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe in verse 1. You may live and multiply, go in and possess the land of which the Lord your swore to, which the Lord swore to your fathers. You should remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these forty years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So, how can I love God with all my heart? You need to humble yourself. Now, so our heart can be low, God, humble, or we can raise our heart proudly up. Of God's prides down here, submitting. I'm doing what he says. Um, here, that pride raise my heart a bit. So, humble yourselves, or God will. It'll happen. Now, I want to go back to verse six. Then, these words which I command you today in your heart. How do I love God with all my heart? Like last week's lesson, we want to hide God's Word in your heart. That's going to be an important thing because now the heart and we want to start. The good thing about what we're doing in reading the 90-day Bible, reading the Bible in days is we're pouring God's Word through our heart. Um, and I imagine it this way. My heart gets hard. It's filled up with dirt. And I'm pouring God's word through it, flushes all that out. Start filling. The dirt gets flushed out. God's words start going in. And I'm filled with something beside myself. And kind of what Chris said at the beginning, when we have God's word going in, that's what comes out. I think of it this way, too. I used to work at a coffee plant. And to, to produce coffee, they you, know, you get the bean, the green bean. Green is the green bean, but it's... Uh, Fresh bean, you know, we call them green beans, but fresh bean. They're kind of light green, like a lima bean. And they're hard. Then you roast them and they turn brown. And then you grind them up, so then you have the little flakes. Now, the way you make coffee is you pour the water through those flakes. And what, the, what it's doing is, as the water goes through, that co- through those flakes of coffee, it, it's pulling out particles of the flakes of coffee. You know, if you kind of imagine, that's what God's Word is doing, going through our heart. It's flushing our heart out. Taking what's in our heart and flushing it out. So the good thing about doing what we're doing is flushing our hearts out. So hide his word. Another one is to lay up his words. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Um, store up some of his words for when you're going to need them later. So how can you uh, love God with all your heart? Lay some up for later. When you're going to be tempted, um, start laying some up for later. When you're going to be running lean. Um, you know, you're going to work and you got to deal with a relationship that's going to test you or you're going to wake up and irritated about something that's going on with your spouse, you need to lay up God's Word so you deal with that properly. So how do I um, love Him with all my heart? Start laying up His Word. <clears throat> what are some of the ways I can know if I'm not loving God with my whole heart? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> 
So, all right, I got to check myself. How am I? How do I know if I'm not loving God with my whole heart? Um, heart warnings. First is pride. I start lifting my heart up. And I do want to read kind of as a, a parallel passage, Deuteronomy 8. And I'm going to read that whole passage right now, 11 through 19. And really, there's three, three passages I found in doing this study in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 30. So if you kind of want to pick, you know, go look at stuff that pulls all of Deuteronomy together on how to love the Lord your God. Those. So, all right, 8.11. Beware that you do not... Now, this is, here's some bewares. Before he said, love God. Keep his commandments. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, built beautiful houses, dwell in them. And when your herds multiply, flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, brought you out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, so our heart. Up there, heart warning. My heart gets lifted up. Pride. Remember, through this here, heart gets lifted up. God, who let in verse fifteen, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions, fed you in the wilderness with manna, and your fathers did not, what your fathers did not know. Seventeen. Then you say in your heart, My power, might of my hand, have gained me this. So then we're, again, heart warnings. My power, my might. I have done this. Look at what I have done. Step back, rest on what we have done. You should remember that the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant, which He swore to the father, to your fathers, as it is today. Then it shall be, if by any means, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, serve them and worship them. I will testify against you this day that you the heart warning, pride. You're going to start perishing when we, when we say, look what I did. Rest of my accomplishment. Another heart warning, when I turn away, I do not hear what the Lord is saying. And deception, when I'm walking, the imagination of my heart. Um, I, I, I do want you to look at 2919 in Deuteronomy. We've got one more heart I'm going to draw up here. Walking in the imagination of your heart. 29, this is my heart. So you're made up of a heart, setting your direction, part of your being. Okay? 29, 19. So it may not happen when he hears the words of this curse, talking about a man who has pride in his heart, that he blesses himself in his heart. Ooh, there's the... God wants to bless us, but he blesses himself in his heart. I shall have peace even though I walk in the imagination. So the drunkard being sober. So we're deceived when we're walking in the imagination of my heart. God, through his word and his commands, look at these, he wants to fill my heart up. And I can fill my heart up with my thoughts. Really not just my thoughts. Well, my thoughts. Imagination of my heart, I could I could fill it up with the world's thoughts. I could fill it up with Satan's. 
But your heart will get full. Okay? Your heart will get full. My thoughts, the world's thoughts are God wants to put. He wants his thoughts or heart. His commands, his ways. All right. And a believer's heart example to model as David. David in that David in First Samuel thirteen fourteen. And in Acts thirteen twenty two, he's called a man after God's own heart. Then in Acts it's added, who will do all my will. So do you want to know if uh your heart's directed toward what what God's will is? God says, Hey, everything hangs on obeying my commandment. And now you're starting to find out my will. David, the man after God's own heart. He made it important, a priority, to keep God's commands and find out what God wanted. All right, so. How to determine where your heart is pointed? A couple things that you can do yourself. Uh, Identify your treasure. Matthew 6.21 says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, what are you treasuring? What are you treasuring today? You're going to go home? Here's how we live our lives. We go home, we hear this. Oh, good. But we're going to go home. I do. And I'm going to treasure. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. And I'm going to start thinking, what do I have to do today? I'm going to, here's how you find out what you treasure. Where do you kind of start doing your first activity? Um, <clears throat> is it getting online, checking the internet? Is it getting, reading the paper? Is it, you know, just getting up, eating and bolting off to work? You know, what, what are you? Identify your treasure. That's how you can start to determining where your heart is. Your heart, the compass in your heart pointing here. So that start determining God's heart or is the compass, you know, pointing any direction that it just wakes up, goes. Um, how to assess if you're, well, another, another way to determine if your heart, uh, where your heart's pointed. Are you giving God what he wants? And we can go back to Cain on that. Cain gave God what God wanted, or what Cain wanted, not what God wanted. And that's how I think of an altar. An altar is a place to give God what God wants. Again, giving gifts. And how to assess if your heart is hard? Ask yourself, I resist it. And Stephen said that to uh, the Pharisees that were stoning him. Well, before they were stoned. You're resisting the Holy Spirit in your heart. Basically said, you're uncircumcised. And when you read uncircumcised, I think, hard heart. Hard heart. All right, so he wants me to love him with all my decision making, my heart. That about covers it, right? Now, love God with all your soul. Okay? Love God with all your soul. So now you're made of a heart and you're made of a soul. What is your soul? Soul is what you're connecting to. What you're going to connect to and what your desires are. So kind of think of your heart with a bunch of little Velcro things around it. And that's kind of how I think about it. What are you going to connect to? Your soul is how you relate to life. Okay, And this, this is good. We all have a soul. Um, your soul is where you eat, where you worry, where you're pleased, where you're sorrowful, where you magnify the Lord. You could, do, you could go to your concordance. You can look up. Of those and you'll find that. So, you know, there's where I eat, where I worry, it's where I sorrowful, where I magnify the Lord. But how can I love the Lord with all my soul? 
Well, first way is to desire his blessing. And God said, if you keep my commands, I will bless you. Pretty good. So keep my commands, blessings flow out. Think. Flowing out right here. Blessings are flowing out. Your cup cup overflows with his blessings. So, and I think of Jacob and Esau. We just read it in Genesis 25, 34. Esau despised God's blessings. That means he wanted a bowl of soup. He wanted to eat. He wanted to eat of the world. Great his blessing for that. Jacob desired God's blessing. He figured out a way to get it. And as even as we just read, and as Chris emailed to us reading the 90 Bible, Jacob even wrestled with God all night long. So the guy wanted it. So how can I love God with all my soul? What am I connecting to? Am I desiring his blessings? Or am I advising him? So my heart that desires his blessings is going to live right here. His blessings are going to kind of rain down and pick up that Velcro and fill my heart, overflow, or I can despise his blessings. All right, how can I love God with all my soul? Soften your heart. It is your responsibility, and I talked a little bit in Deuteronomy 10.16. Talk about circumcision here. 10.16. Your responsibility soften your heart. Deuteronomy 10.16. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Stiff neck. That's, that's taking off callous. That's asking God. Now that's you taking off callous. That's you presenting your heart and saying, God, I want to be soft. Soft-hearted. But then again in 36, God does it right there. Genesis th- or Deuteronomy 36. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. So, soften your heart. Think of your heart with a callus on it. Think of it as 36. 30, 30. colon 6. And uh, think, of, think of my heart callus. And That'll put some oil on to soften it when he does it. Cut those calluses off. He'll, a lot of times that's my prayer to him. God, I've got a hard heart. Soften it. And then I just want to watch. Uh, how can I love God with all my soul? Hold fast to him. Um, this is the connection part again. Hold fast to him. Deuteronomy 10.20 and 11.22. says, hold fast to my commands. Connect with him. So you can go where he's going. So you can relate to what, what he's relating to. So we're connecting. Uh, how can I love God with all my soul? Thirst for his presence. Psalm 42.1. And I like this psalm, and, and probably because I learned the song first, probably one of my favorite songs. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants. Which goes with the song. As the deer pants for the water, Oh, my soul longs after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship. You alone are my strength, my shield. You alone may my spirit as the deer pants for the water. 
That's the essence of having a soul. I can love God. I want to connect with what He's got going. All right. We've got to have some warnings here. All right. How can I... What are some warnings for my soul? I'm being drawn away. I worship other gods. And this is what happened with the Israelites. And just realize this. If you're not worshiping God, then this will occur. A lot of times we think, I'm not worshiping God. Well, there's only two choices. Worship God or worship other gods. Inside his commands or outside his commands. And I don't, you know, whatever. But it's not that. We're not worshiping God. Worshiping. Seek blessings from the... Uh, another way to, to find out soul is connecting wrong is seeking blessings from the world. Just like we read in 29.19 already. We're seeking to get our blessings from the world um, to be filled out here. Then our soul's being drawn away. Pick up an item. Not relate with God. I need to, you know, check with something. Have this. I need to turn this TV on, you know, whatever. Um, I need to have this relationship with this person. Put people there. We're seeking blessings from the world. Um. And then how to assess where your soul is connected or determined. Uh, identify your concerns. In Matthew 6, the thing about Matthew is Jesus at the end of Matthew tells us all the commandments hang on this. And at the beginning of Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us where our soul is. And he says, identify what's concerning you. Do not worry about your life. Identify your worries. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothes, Matthew 6. 25 and 33, but seek first the kingdom of God. So how can I assess what my soul is connecting to? Identify what your worries are. Um, all right, so, okay, he wants me to love him with all my, my connections. That's all I have. So I only have a heart. I only have connections to the world. You know, that's how I relate. I only have connections. That covers it, right? And then God throws in in verse 6. Now, love God with all your might. And when you think of might, you want to think of your strength. So, think of your whole being. Direction of your life. Connections in your life. Strength of your life. That's all you really have. Strength is your energy, force, what what you're working on. It's your abilities, your work, your ministry, your discipline. So, how can I love God with all my might? Well, this is where I think, oh man, you read that passage and you skipped over it. Can't even talk about all the things that I read there. Go back to uh, chapter six and verse. Six through seven. Here's how you love. Here's how you love me with all your heart, and all your, all your might. In verse seven, you shall teach my commands diligently, children. All right, you're going to take one in it. Um, teach God's word diligently to your children. Now, that word diligently 
is really a good word. It means sharply. Or stimulating way, stimulatively. So, it's your job to teach God's words diligently to your children. That's how. That's one way you love them with all your heart, and all your mind, and all your might. So, but the warning here, here it is a warning. Your heart has to. Your heart has to be directed to God before you can teach your kids with all your might. Because out of the abundance of your heart. So, and the reason it I put this under might because diligently goes might strength. All right, how can I love God with all my might? Keep going. And you shall talk of his words, his commands. Here's where. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So, you're sitting in your house, at your dinner table, in your living room, when you're playing games. What else are you doing? When you're walking by the way, when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're shopping. You know, we already talked to uh, um, testimonies already, Chris, at the doctor's office, work. If you're loving God with all your might, you know, you're reading through the Bible, then when you're lying down, when you're closing the day out, when you're rising up, when you're beginning the day. So how can I love God with all my might? Beginning, end, sitting and walking. Then keeps going here. Verse You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between. That's a lifestyle. That's that's throughout the day. That's as you're going throughout the day, you're thinking of his words, you're talking with God, applying them. So what are some re, uh, what are some warnings that are uh, might, you know, control. Sorry, not out of control, but not not in God's strength. We're not reading. We're not praying. We're not giving God what He wants. We're not serving. We're not relating God's Word to our life, those around us, with our friends and our children and with our spouse. Those are some warnings that we're not loving God with all our Good, good example is Josiah. And uh, you really, go ahead and turn there. Second Kings. 23. So you want a believer example? 2 Kings 23, 25. And really, there's need to read the whole chapter. But the story is, you know, good king, bad king, good king, bad king. Good king follows God's word, bad king. Does what he wants. And it becomes bad king, bad king, bad king, good king, bad king, bad king, bad king, bad king, bad king. And then Josiah shows. Okay? And you have to read how he got here, but basically, they found God's word, had it read, started obeying it right away. And in verse 25, is that what I wrote? Now, before him, Josiah, there was no king like him. Who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, according to the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise. So, an example to model on that, Josiah. How to find out where your might's going? This is kind of going to be odd, I think, to you guys. Um, identify who you're listening to. And 
the way I think of this is uh, I, I walk into Promise Kids and the 10 or 15, five-year-olds. There's two things I do. I walk in and it's time to get them. One thing, I, I say a phrase. Hey, hey, hey. And, and they hear me 20 feet away. And they're, they're in their classroom. There's two walls, little door. And I say that. And I say it. I don't yell it. I say it about like that. Their kids say, they're bad. bad. They know two things. I'm coming in. Time for me to take them from Sherman. And they hear my voice. I really want that. Anyway, come in here or some other room. We do a lot of things, but there's a lot of movement in five-year-olds, which you can imagine. We, we move these chairs, we move these tables, and I, I let chaos go, and I want them to hear my voice. And I say, you know, okay, guys, here's what I want. I'm sitting on blue line. I don't want to yell it. I don't want to scream it. And I want to say, I see out of those 15 kids, I see how many run over that blue line, and I watch. And that's how I kind of discern their heart. They're, you know, they're listening. They're, they're moving. They're going with all their strength. But, and they hear my voice. And so as you're going through life, you know, you're going with all your strength. You're going to work. You know, you are going to go to work tomorrow. You are going to make dinner tomorrow. You're going to, you know, talk to people tomorrow. You're going to do whatever. You're going to go with your strength. But God's going to call you in the middle of that. Say, Sandra, Pat, Jeff, you're going to say something. And you have to listen to direct your might. because. You know, a lot of times our hearts maybe aren't listening. You know, we, we, we're inside the commands. But, but God, and man, this, this is the path I want you to take right now. Inside my commands, Pat, or, you know, this path. Inside my commands, you're getting to the point where everything hangs because I want you to please me. But then he just calls something out. And I'm, I'm moving. This is my movement. And we've got to listen to his voice. So we're going to hear his voice through knowing his word. Being sensitive to his spirit, listening. That's during the day you talk, you can pray right then. You know, God's going to say something to you. He's going to change your path. That's, that's the point to respond with all your might. So, but, so two final truths. Important. Loving God brings blessings to those that love them. Blessings rain down through through his with all their heart, with all their soul. And God brings destruction or curse to those who don't. So, God promises loving him is not mysterious and doable. And I, you know, your heart, your direction, your soul, your connection, might, strength. And Wrap it up. Go to Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14. Because I don't want you to take my word for it. This is not mysterious. I told you three passages in Deuteronomy that you probably, everything really hangs on. Chapter 6, chapter 8, 30. I'd say passage. All of chapter 30, um, 11 through 14. For this commandment, which I command you today, not too mysterious for you, nor far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it down to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor 
my commandment beyond the sea. Just say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth, in your heart. God wants to be loved his way. And he's clear about his way. And that's the good thing about God. It's not mysterious. So, let's pray. Father, it's good to come to you now. Thank you for your words. You make it clear how you want to be loved.